Greetings, brothers and sisters. It's your brother, son, in Esperance, coming back to you again with another episode of the I Thrive Podcast. Today, I got with me our brother, Artur Vorobiev. I don't know if he's born in Russia, but I know the background is from Russia. Brother Artur, how are you doing today, this morning? <laughs> I'm good, my brother. It's, it's good to see you. Wonderful. How wonderful. are you? Good, good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. You know, it's it's... I'm truly grateful and thankful when I'm able to have an opportunity to get another testimony on the I Thrive podcast as it's been so encouraging for brothers and sisters, including myself, you know, so uh, I'm glad all is well with the uh, uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, once again, as I say more over this podcast, uh, it's a God first podcast. It's a holiness podcast. It's uh, it's a podcast where uh, if you're new this if this is your first time listening this is not a christianity podcast this is not a a general person who's just coming in they 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 came across a a move with jesus type of podcast this is brothers and sisters uh um, testifying all coming from wherever they're coming from into one church into god's church and that is first church of our lord jesus christ with a leader teacher and guide is apostle pastor gino jennings if you want to see if there's a church close to you, if you want to know, man, where can I go to this church? I can't go to Philadelphia. It's too far. You can go on the truthofgod.com as first church. It's one church with many locations, many, many locations, and it's serving the same food. <laughs> yeah, you go on the truthofgod.com, click locations, see what locations is closest to you. Now we're still in a, you know, somewhat pandemic. So what you can do, uh, I mean, if it's headquarters, just go because, you know, they have their own temple and whatnot. But not everybody own where they are. So you may have to call just to make sure. Um, say, hey, uh, 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 I see that, you know, you guys have a temple and such and such. I mean, is it open? Can we come? Is it closed? Yeah, you can come, such and such. Now, if you want to be baptized right in the name of Jesus Christ, or if you want to get baptized right in the name of Jesus Christ, same thing, truthofgod.com, go on locations, see who's closest to you. There should be a minister's number there or a main point of contact, you contact them and say, greetings, myself or 10 of us, 50 of us, 100 of us who would love to set up baptism, or even if it's some of you pastors that want to give up your church and say, look, we've been listening. We want to, I want to give everything up and we all got to get baptized right again. You go on the truthofgod.com and get that done. If you have been looking around left and right, under, over for a church, you know, even you, you stop and you're tired of going to these false churches, I'm telling you right now, First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ is God's church. First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ is the church that you may not have been looking for, but it's the church that you need. It is the church. It is hard. It is rough. It is tough, but it is the church. And I, I tell you moreover, you can stop. You can stop looking. You can stop searching because you have found it. All you have to do, you can go on the link in the descriptions. Um, it will send you right to the first church youtube where you can see the messages from the apostle uh, you know uh, you know most likely at times he's on every week uh, on sundays you know even when he travels and so forth or sometimes you can catch it on the zoom but as i say moreover this is the church uh, before before we uh, 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 continue let's not forget Keep the apostle and his family in prayer, brothers and sisters, as well as the faithful ministering brethren and their families as well. Just the same, like the, the work the brothers are doing is wonderful. Like you're just going everywhere, you know, to display these baptisms and, and to do this and to drive there. Like it's a long sacrifice and a lot of sacrifices that they are doing. So let's keep them and their families in prayer. Also, let's not forget to keep one another in prayer. Those who are sick, afflicted, going through it. 
you don't have to know everyone's name, brothers and sisters, but just, you know, let's continue just to keep one of uh, 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 one another in prayer. Uh, as you know, as I say, my goal, and, and, and I, I hope this is for most and all my brothers and sisters, my goal is just to make the first resurrection, but to do so it's tough. It's difficult. So let's keep one another in prayer. Um, also, before we begin, I give all praise and all honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for he is the head of my life and indeed our soup coming King. I give honor to the, uh, uh, to the former prophets and apostles of old uh, and the work that they have laid on record. I give double honor to our present day leader, teacher and guide, Apostle Pastor Gino Jennings for the work that he continues to do. And I'm, I'm truly grateful and thankful for the faithful ministering brethren who are really doing this faithfully, are really doing this and going out there and, and getting all this done. And those, you know, the security ushers, everybody that's doing, uh, um, you know, the, the work faithfully in this ministry. I'm truly, truly grateful for you all. I'm just so grateful for all that God continues to do for me, brothers and sisters, because I know each and everything he does, I don't deserve it. And so to be able to continue to get, you know, the blessings from God and, you know, there's hard days, of course, but just to know that, you know, I, I could, you know, speak to God, I could find comfort in him, I can find peace in him. It's a wonderful and it's a, it's, it's a blessing. So what y'all can do is keep me and my family in prayer as our goal. We're just hanging on and, and, and we're, we're holding on as well. To God's unchanging hand. That will be enough for me, brothers and sisters. That will be enough for me. Now it's time to hear our brother Artur Vorobieva testimony on how God brought him out of the world and into the truth of God. Brother Artur, first, are you are you born in Russia or born in America? I was born in Russia. Born and born and raised, born and raised. So uh, you know, tell us a bit about that, how it was, but now you know it's your time. Brother, tell us how God brought you out of the world and into the truth and a bit of the upbringing in Russia. Because I know Russia, you know, different than America, you know, it's different than America. So <laughs> tell us how that was as well. So go ahead. The time is yours. Let us all know. Well, I didn't really um, live there a long time. I was only there for two years before we moved here. Um, so I don't really remember much. But I do remember that when we did move, it was my dad's side of the family, like my my uh, uncle, he had to like beg my dad to come here because there was a lot of family ties and a lot of attachment back in Russia. But my uncle, um, even my dad told me he like got on his knees to beg my dad like to come here because he's like more of like the, you know, how everyone has like an adventurous uncle that's like really, you know, outgoing and stuff. He was one of those and pretty much all of my dad's side moved here. My mom's side stayed. And I still remember it was years ago. We was coming into the Ithaca airport and my dad was coming with all his baggage. And like back then you was allowed to like carry like axes and knives in your baggage and stuff. And it's not like it is now where it's like really strict. Um, but moved here and pretty much lived in this air, upstate New York area all my life. And as far as like church is concerned, um, we grew up in a Pentecostal church. It was like Orthodox is like kind of old fashioned. There had, there was like strictness in it where like the woman wore their head coverings, mm -hmm. the dresses, um, things like that. And because we had like a big family, like all my, my siblings would, we would all go and we'd take like a big bus together. And, um, 
I still remember because there was so much of us. I had two older brothers and the main seats of, of like the big van that we had, my brothers would be sitting on the side. I would have like a small little seat in the middle that would be that my, um, my dad got for me to put it in the, in the van and my sisters would sit in the back and we'd go to church every Sunday. And it was like kind of out of the way. It was like maybe an hour away. Um, and it was, they had some strictness. It was, it wasn't like truth, like in truth of God, but they, um, taught what they knew. And, um, then it kind of just like over the years, it kind of got watered down as years went on. And I didn't really notice it as a kid growing up. Um, I started really noticing it once I started hearing truth, then I'm like, wow, things have really changed. And I would start talking down how, like what, so from the start, so tell us from how it was at the beginning in the Pentecostal church, where, Mm -hmm. what was like, you know, the teachings, what was that strictness going on? And like, what was the watered down process? So for example, was he firm on, uh, like, I don't, I don't know. Let's just, for example, was he firm on, uh, woman cannot preach da, 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 and then started slowly saying, well, you know, I, I believe women can preach like, so tell us what the strictness was. And what was the watered down process? Like what made it become watered down? So as far as I can remember, we never had woman preachers. Um, but over the years that the woman preacher part, it didn't really happen where a woman stepped into the pulpit, but what they would do in the, the church, once the location changed is they would give woman of the church time, more time to speak up front, like with a microphone, mm-hmm. it would be like below the pulpit and they would kind of give like really extra long testimonies and stuff. And um, so I guess they kind of maintained that one, one of the things that, or a few of the things that I got, like just kind of thrown out the window was like the strictness of the head coverings, mm-hmm. the dresses, um, like the no makeup, no earrings, they used to not have that, but there was certain, certain, um, women in the church that would, they would, um, wear still like bright lipstick mm-hmm. or like very subtle, like makeup. Um, but once the location changed and they had, they got new pastor. Cause I think there was like some kind of fallout in the church where someone, the pastor, did something they shouldn't have done mm-hmm. and so they back then they like elected pastors and it wasn't like scriptural at all mm-hmm. and so like they got a younger guy and he just kind of like was catering to the youth so the world like started coming in and the it was just more laid back less head coverings like some mm-hmm. some would still have head coverings some started wearing pants mm. and then it was just like earrings and then everything just came in. Wow. And but like, as time, far as woman re- preachers, I don't realize recall. It. at that time. You didn't, yeah, like, back then, you didn't realize it. I didn't take church seriously. Like I'd go to church cause my parents, um, they kind of just instilled that in us. Like that was like a thing we had to do mm-hmm. until I got to a point where I remember one time my dad was like, telling me he's like if you, if you don't feel well you don't have to go and many times i'd make excuses like fake that i wasn't feeling well because i just didn't want to go mm-hmm. but over the years i just kind of got so used to it. it was like a discipline thing where i just go mm-hmm. 
and just kind of sit through it. And there was times where I try to take it serious. Like I'd be like, look, trying to really listen just to make my parents like happy. And like I'd hear like the emotional sermons and stuff. And I find I found out one time one of the pastors that we had like admitted he didn't even have the Holy Ghost. So like it was mostly just like reading some Bible verses, talking about stories about their life, not really no teaching, but I didn't understand it back then, like what church is really supposed to be. So I just kind of like went with the flow of it. But um, I did have my times where I wanted to take it serious, but then there just became um, where I wasn't getting enough to sustain me or want me to go to church. So I started just being out there in the world and that kind of just took me over where I just like completely detached myself from the church, stopped going. Mm -hmm. And the only times I would go is when they'd have like food and stuff like Christmas and Easter. (laughs) So I felt like such a hypocrite. So I'm like, I would go during those events, get the food and stuff. And, and then I started just feeling bad about that. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm like, I feel like such a hypocrite just coming for food and leaving. Mm. But then eventually I just completely detached myself from it and just did my thing in the world until I got to a point where like God started dealing with my mind and like stuff started coming to my mind where I'm like, I'm I'm like, if I die, like the way I'm living now, I'm like, I'm going to go to hell. Like in my mind, I just started having, these thoughts so i'm like i know i need to go back to church i need to start reading the bible i need to start praying like how i knew to pray and that's kind of where the journey started because i would just start praying i'd I'd start reading the bible like every day i'd start looking up i don't know how even like well i mean i i know is god dealing with me but it's just hard to put into words but like i started looking for a preacher online started looking for a church to go to, but I wasn't planning on going to the church I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And I found some church. It was called a new Testament church. I think I went there like a total of like three weeks, three or four weeks before I stumbled upon the truth of God. But even there, cause I never got baptized in false church, the one that I grew up in, but the, the new church that I started going to, I remember after like a couple of services, I spoke to the pastor and I was like, I'm like, I want to get baptized. And he's like, he, he spoke to me in his office. He's like, we'll talk Saturday. It's not like in first church. Like mm-hmm. if you want to get baptized, we'll baptize you now. It was like, he was like, just holding it off. Like, yeah. He's like, we'll baptize you on the weekend and stuff. And it was during that week I was watching, um, preaching and I stumbled upon pastor and I started just learning so much so quick. And it, before even Saturday hit. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to get baptized at that other church. I want to get baptized at first church. So you said that, uh, we'll go a bit back where, you know, you kind of like, uh, a false church kind of like pushed out and went in the world and did your own thing. Um, what were like the experiences you had? Like, were you, you know, a party goer or a clubber, uh, uh, you know, what was, what was like, uh, your own thing type of stuff? Yeah. Um, I was actually like really heavy into drinking. I used to drink a lot. I used to party a lot. Um, and pretty much though, everything like I just was a wild child. And, um, that's, that's one thing that 
one thing that um, I remember, like a story where I was hanging out um, with this girl and I was at like uh, this grocery store. And I remember I saw <laughs> my former pastor and his family and he was just standing there in his car with his family just looking at me. And I was looking at him and I felt so judged. I'm like, let's get out of here. I'm like, <laughs> he, just, he just looking at me like, and it was just, it was the most uncomfortable feeling. And it's, it's interesting just looking back at it where it's like, you're looking at someone that's, you know, supposed to, you know, be leading you and stuff like that. And, and then you, you kind of see yourself in that situation. And I remember like later on um, trying to get like in contact with him, like, and it was, it would be so hard. Like um, he would speak to my parents and always be inviting me over to church and stuff. And I just, I just didn't have no desire, but my parents would always be like, Oh, they're having youth. They're having this, they're having that. And I'm just like, I, I had no desire to go there. And mm -hmm. that's one thing that I'm thankful for is um, not going back. Cause the longer I stayed out of it, it's just like, I would like detach myself, you know, how some, cause some people get attached. Yeah. But um, as far as being in the world, I, I just, I drank a lot. That was one of my main things is drinking. And that's something that I had to have a couple of experiences um, before I got delivered from it. Mm. Um, I got one time I got like a, pulled over by a police officer and he gave me a speeding ticket and I was, I was supposed to get in more trouble than I did get in, but he gave me a speeding ticket. It was like 107 miles per hour in a 55. And um, that whole thing kind of just got dropped because he messed up on the ticket. Um, that was like my warning to stop like partying and stuff, but I didn't take heed to it. And then another situation happened where I got um, a DWAI which is a driving while ability impaired ticket. And I remember when I got arrested and stuff, I, when I was at the police station, I remember the only number that I memorized cause I didn't have my phone at the time. It was in my car that they towed. Mm -hmm. And the only no number that I knew was my dad's phone number. Mm -hmm. I didn't memorize any other number. So it was a very shame shameful call that I had to give my dad. I called him and I'm like, dad, I'm at the police station. Can you come get me? And he's just like, he didn't argue me or yell at me or anything. He's just like, all right. He came, picked me up with my brother and we went and got my car. And I'm, I remember um, that because I, I drank heavily that night and um, the police officer, like when he told me you're under arrest, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't believe it. I thought it was like a bad dream because I, I used to tell like my friends that would drink and stuff that I used to tell them, I'm like the ones that would get like caught. I'm like, like you need you, you, you're not like I, I, I thought I was like skilled or something mm. to always be able to party and then get away with it, you know, not get in trouble. But then I used then I got in trouble myself. And I remember when the police officer was asking me to do like the breathalyzer. I didn't do it. Mm. Um, cause I'm, I'm like, 
I, I'm like, I'm not doing the breathalyzers. So he's like, you're under arrest. And I'm like, I didn't believe it. To me, it was like a bad dream. Mm. I'm like, this is just a bad dream. So he's like, you're under arrest. And I'm like, no, I'm not. So I just booked and he ran after me and tackled me. And that's when I, I remember I got tased. I got wow. tased. Yeah. And I remember it was during, it was during like the really cold winter months. And I only had like a, a t-shirt on. So I, I remember I was, I tried to get away. There was like a mound of snow. I tried to crawl up it, but I would get tased. I think I got tased like three times wow. before I gave up. I'm like, all right, I give up. And they took me to the impound. And I remember I was like sitting there and, and uh, just kind of reminiscing, like, I can't believe this happened. And once I got picked up and I remember I got home, I remember laying in bed and I said a prayer. I was like, I'm like, God, I'm like, if, if you make all this, just like go by, like really smoothly, I'm like, I'll never drink again. Mm. Cause I didn't want to deal with the fines and, and like the, the, I guess they give you like a, what is it called? A temporary license or a conditional license where mm. you can only go to certain places like to work and stuff. I just didn't want to deal with any of that. And I'm like, so I prayed and I was sincere in the prayer and literally bro, from that day forward, I got literally delivered from alcohol, never touched it since like when we're taught about like deliverance and when God really delivers you, like you're going to be delivered, like every part of you, your, your mind, everything. That's literally what happened from that day forward. Um, and I looked back at it now because I travel a lot, like to go to church, like it was, I think it's four hours for me just to go to headquarters mm -hmm. and I'd be doing that consistently. Now I travel three hours cause I go to Middletown temple. Mm -hmm. Um, so I look back at it and I'm like, if I would have been still drinking, you know, I would have, I would have risked drinking and, and driving, you know? Mm -hmm. So I thank God that I got delivered way back then. It was, this was back in 2014. It was literally overnight. Didn't have to go to no AA. Didn't have to like wean myself off of it. It was just legit. I said a prayer. I asked God, I'm like, I'm like, please help me with this situation. I'll never drink again. You know, granted I made a vow, but it just happened where after that, I never wanted to like go back. I was just like, I realized what booze leads to. Mm -hmm. where you can have like, your, you know, your fun time. Eventually it's going to get to a point where you're going to get in trouble and you're going to regret it. Mm -hmm. And you'll see the true colors of what alcohol can do to a person. So it, that's where it got me to, to that point where I realized I'm like this, literally nothing good comes of it, you know, besides like feeling your body, feeling euphoric and whatnot. Um, but that situation happened. And that was kind of the end of my drinking. And then um, the rest was like just me praying and asking God to help me from like just being out there in the world and, you know, hanging out with people I shouldn't be hanging out with. And that's when just I started getting dealt with. And it was just it was literally like one step at a time. Mm -hmm. I, I remember I found a preacher. It was this old guy that I think it was David Wilkerson. I was watching him. He's a very emotional preacher. I don't think he's alive now, but I was, I was like, he was preaching a lot of like certain things about hell and stuff like that. 
And so it's like, I started getting an understanding of like, I need someone to like teach me something. Mm -hmm. And then I, I remember I had an Instagram account where I started following like religious posts and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to start getting religious again. Mm -hmm. And then there, there was a brother that was posting pastor Jennings. And I remember I, I, I saw he was just constantly posting pastor Jennings. So I went on YouTube and I remember um, the, one of the first videos of pastor Jennings that I watched was one in Jamaica, where he, if you look at like the, the thumbnail of the video, it's one of him like holding a child. Mm -hmm. I remember I, I clicked on that and I was watching it and bro, it's just like, I was like, this is it. I started watching it, understanding started coming open. And I remember I was like, I click like on the video and I'm like, this is how I'm going to know that I've watched the video. I'm like, I'm going to watch every single video. That's, that's how good it was to me. Mm -hmm. So I'd watch, like, just start binge watching, binge watching and just start learning like the, the baptism I started understanding. And it was after I was actually watching it for a while before I decided I wanted to get baptized. But in the midst of me watching, I was praying, reading the Bible and, I stopped going to that second church that I um, went to temporarily. Um, and I, I think I remember I texted him and I didn't really get a response. The pastor that was there, it's like he didn't care. Um, but I remember I, I emailed the church twice saying, I got, I want to get baptized. And I was, um, I got a contact, I got a call from brother Mark Moreni, mm -hmm. uh, gave me the location of the Bronx new york temple and i went there i got baptized by minister david harrison um he's no longer with us but he's the one that baptized me and then i didn't know of all the locations um but he told me like about headquarters and stuff so i was like for me it was like man this is this is going to be tough because i i realized i'm like i'm gonna have to make a, like a sacrifice mm -hmm because of the travel, it was four hours away. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I remember when I told my family, like they exploded on me, bro. Like <laughs> they got like angry. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, I'm trying to get my life together. What's yeah. going on. Yeah. And I, I think part of the reasons why is because, um, and it's not, it's going to sound funny, but like a lot of Russians, they love cars. Mm. And, and my dad is like a car fanatic. He loves his cars. He's got a bunch of cars. And um, I ended up buying a newer car. So I had a newer car and he didn't want me to put miles on it because mm. he was like, because of his lack of understanding, he was like, in his mind, like, why are you driving so far to go to church? You can go to church here, mm -hmm. you know? So that was his understanding. But I'm like, uh, when, when I was first starting off, I thought it was going to be, everything is going to be like cake and ice cream. I was going to learn some truth, go home, tell the parents about it. They're going to like, all right, we're going to join you. I thought it would be so easy. <laughs> I was going home so excited. I'm like, I'm, the truth. I'm like, everyone's going to get saved. I'm like, I was so excited. And I came home. It was completely opposite. Like, they, like it was mostly my dad. He fought mm -hmm. me about the church. And mm -hmm. I remember at one point, um, he started watching some with me mm -hmm. and he would like, we'd get into it. It'd be like father son moment. And he like pause it and want to talk about it. But it got to a certain point where he heard pastor Jennings, like talking about how 
this preacher is going to go to hell if they don't stop mm-hmm. this this preacher. And he's like he didn't he never heard a real man of god before so to him that was strange mm-hmm. a man telling people they're going to go to hell and so he instead of getting an understanding that turned him off from the truth of god and then another part was the movement of the holy ghost mm-hmm. because the the church that i grew up in they had the holy ghost but it was the where they did it themselves. They spoke mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And um, I actually experienced what they experienced when I, uh, shortly after I got baptized, I got like overzealous and I didn't have enough teaching in me to have me stick solely to the teaching. So I was looking up videos, like how do you receive the Holy ghost? Mm-hmm. And I remember I found a, like a prayer on YouTube. I was praying in my room. I found a prayer on YouTube. This guy's like, after you repeat this prayer, he's like, you're going to receive the Holy ghost. And I was, I was like repeating the prayer and bro, I had that strange fire, man. I started doing it myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I was so convinced that I had the Holy ghost until I had to hear. And I, I look at it step-by-step how everything happened. And I kind of see it as all like a lesson that Mm -hmm. God allowed this to happen for me to see this. And then I like, I was, I told a few people that I received the Holy ghost and I remember I was going to church and, and I heard teaching that when you have the real Holy ghost, it's not you, it's God. Mm. And I had, that was a humbling experience. I had to humble myself and admit I didn't have it. But the interesting thing is I can't replicate the strange fire that I had Mm. because it's like the devil is in your mind messing with you and making you think you have the Holy ghost Mm. And like, as you're doing it yourself in your mind, you hear like, don't stop. You hear that where, you know, you can, but the devil like helps you keep going. So I understand the strange fire when some people have it in their mind, they try to convince themselves that they have the Holy ghost. And that's how it is for my family members is my mom and my dad have been professing the Holy ghost for years. And I actually tested it out. Because after I learned that it's not you, it's God, I remember I tested my 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 uh, mom out, and I was like, "Mom, you can speak in tongues whenever you want." She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Let's see it." <laughs> she, just, she went off, <laughs> and I was like, "Man, I'm like, this is something." Because I used to be like scared to speak against it. Because mm-hmm. I was a, when I was little, I would always observe and stuff. I see them, you know, doing their thing with their own tongue and stuff, and. I remember my, my mom used to like scare me. If I spoke against it, that was like blasphemy. Mm-hmm. And then once I started getting understanding, I was like, I was like, chill about it. I'm like, mom, that's not the Holy ghost. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're not going to mess up my faith. Yada, yada. I'm like, all right. And there was many times where I'd argue with the parents and it, it took a while to get away from that because like, I can't convert nobody. It's not my mm-hmm. job. So, I mean, I, I, I thought like, Sometimes I take a break and try to explain stuff to them and, you know, in hopes that something would click, but I just realized I'm like, if it's not meant for them, you know, if it's not at this time, then it's not this time. I got to a point where I just kind of backed off. Mm -hmm. And ever since I came in truth, like the the relationship with the family has just been different Mm -hmm. Um, because everyone has certain beliefs that they stuck with. And one thing I was blessed with is just like getting the teaching in me. And like, even though certain things were struggles, 
I'm like, it's the truth. I got to accept it, you know? And even if you're, even if the family is believing or doing otherwise, I just kind of like, I stuck with the truth. And it's I, one thing I thank God for, and it's, I give God all the credit is starting off. I was instantly hit with persecution from the family. Mm -hmm. um, like even my grandpa got involved, like my family contacted my grandpa and he was like the most religious guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you remember as a child, if you was religious, like a lot of families think like the, the older you are, yeah. the wiser you are. Mm -hmm but you can be young and you can be wise. Mm -hmm. But I used to always think like, if, if there was like a Bible question, be like, okay, contact grandpa, he mm -hmm. knows, you know? And now I look back at him, like my grandpa's a Trinitarian. Wow. He don't really know nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, so they would contact my cousins, my relatives, the, their pastor telling them I'm in a, in a call in a, oh, in a fall church, all that stuff. Like, and I know that's very common because I hear that testimony a lot mm -hmm. from a lot of the saints and stuff. So one thing I thank God about is just, you know, keeping me grounded and not mm -hmm. allowing family influence or the influence of others that I know to pull me out. It was just kind of like once it opened up to me, I was like, man, this is this is it. This is the real deal. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of like really kept me is that just knowing, you mm -hmm. know, when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. And it's mm -hmm. since then, it's just been family consistently. Like even my oldest, my oldest sister, she would fight, but she um, kind of got converted because I kept, you know, urging her to listen, listen, listen. And then at one point she went to church with me two weeks in a row. This mm -hmm. was when I was in Harrisburg. She actually got baptized. Mm -hmm. And at one point she used to fight and then she understood. So she um, started getting our understanding open, but she didn't take it as serious, but she knows it's the truth. Um, it's, and it's been a while since she, I think she's only went to church with me, like maybe four or five times. Mm -hmm. um, but she's the only one in my family besides me that has kind of had their understanding mm -hmm. open. Everyone else is just, they don't, it's just they're just completely blind to it so but yeah that pretty much caused a little rift with the family and um still even with my dad what happened was usually before like convocations he'd always end up blowing up you know and i have to like humble myself and realize that it's not really him per se mm -hmm. it's a spirit working in him he just doesn't know so I have to kind of like balance that out, still have that respect towards him, but also like keep a certain distance. Mm -hmm. Like I heard, I heard uh, Minister Etheridge's uh, message recently, how he was saying loving like family loving people from a, from a distance. Yes, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Just praying for them, you know, not getting too close to them because of certain, you know, things can you know, conversations, certain things can arise. So mm -hmm. it's, it's been a little tough, but one thing I'm thankful for is not having my emotions so connected to the family. Um, and I, I always thought I was weird because of that, where like certain things would happen in my life. And I was, I wouldn't like emotionally go on a derailment, 
Mm. Like just giving an example, like my grandma died mm. years and years and years ago. Um, everybody was like so distraught about it. And like, she was a sweet old lady, like, but I wasn't like, so I guess emotional about it because in my mind, I always just kind of looked at it as like, it's just a transition mm -hmm. from one life into another. Mm -hmm. And, um, same thing happened with my aunt, my aunt passed away and everybody was like really, really emotional. And it just didn't, I even, I even asked, it didn't get to, it didn't affect me like it did others. I remember I even asked, um, a minister a question. I'm like, does that like make me weird? It's just, no, it's just some people just don't have that emotional tie mm -hmm. because they, I guess, perceive life differently, you know? And I, I haven't had like close, close family members die or anything like that, but I have had where this was like maybe a year or two ago where my mother almost died and I did get very emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, I did cry a lot. Um, so I don't know if it, it, it's just certain people. Um, but that's one thing I'm thankful for is not allowing my emotions to get in the way of the teaching mm -hmm. with the family, you know? So it, it's just, it, it's been, it's been a real journey, man. It's mm -hmm. been like five since 2017, but so much has happened since then. Even, even when I received the real Holy ghost, um, my, my family thought I was just possessed, man. Like I would be, I'd be around them, like getting quickened and stuff. And they just, they'd be like, stop, like, don't be so loud. I'm like, I can't help it. You know, like I'll be like listening to a message or, you know, reading the Bible and I'd get quickened and it's just, they just look at it. It's so weird. Even there's been times where I was having conversations with my dad and I guess my, my oldest brother, he secretly watches the truth mm -hmm. of God because he would watch some messages and there's some messages where you see the spirit just moving on everybody. Mm -hmm. He would record, like record it and send it to like people like my mom, my dad, and he would just have his own thing to say about it. And I remember like my dad, even like, he's like, how does, how, he's like, what's <laughs> up with this? <laughs> he keep moving. He'd be like jumping. And I was like thinking, oh my God, I'm like, I really <laughs> wish you, you fill him with the Holy Ghost. I pray you deal with him so much yeah. just to like humble him, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> so like he would joke around about it and stuff. And I remember I asked him a question. I'm like, dad, I'm like, was you ever all spirit? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, was you ever all spirit? He's like, no. I'm like, then how do you know how a spirit moves? Mm -hmm. Because like, here they are, they will pray and like, you know, make up a language and stuff. And their idea, I guess their idea is that it's like, it's gotta be the way they think it is. You know, like one thing that got me intrigued about the Holy ghost was as I was listening to the messages, one thing that happened to me was quickly was I started getting quickened. It wasn't like an intense quickening. Mm -hmm. It was mostly just like my arm. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. And I remember when I went to a temple for the first time in person, um, I was speaking to a couple brothers. This was in the Bronx and it was like, you know, it's prayer time. You can go in and call on the Lord. I, I never, I never grew up with that where mm. like church was prayerful. It was like, come in, sit down, you know, chit chat, 
you know, wait till like a song starts or something like that or preaching. But there was like, you know, it's time to pray, go call on the Lord. And they got quickened at the exact same time. Some people would like be freaked out. But mm-hmm. they, for me, it was like intriguing because I've never experienced something like this. Mm-hmm. Even seeing like videos on YouTube, like of other churches and stuff and going to a different church, never experienced something like this in first church. But like when I came into first church, I was so shy when it came mm-hmm. to prayer. I remember like there would be like a desk in front of me mm-hmm. and I'd put like my hand on the desk like this. I'd pray like so quietly while everyone <laughs> else was praying. So shy because I'm not used to praying in front mm-hmm. of people. And it kind of was like a metamorphosis of my praying where I would, I would be getting teaching where you're not supposed to be shy and this mm-hmm. and that like humble yourself mm. and it would go from like me praying like this to me being on my knees in the chair like this mm-hmm. and then i remember i put my jacket over my chair so i can hide in my jacket <laughs> so nobody can see me <laughs> and and like the crying out part it took me a while to get there because people would be crying out and for some reason i used to always think i'm like people are looking at me people are judging yeah. me while I'm oh. and I kept getting teaching, kept praying. I'm like, God, I'm like, cause I hear people like speaking in tongues. I keep hearing teaching that you got to cry out. And I'm like, I I can't cry out. I'm like too shy to do it. And I just kept praying, praying. And then um, we'd have a group of brothers. I remember from the Bronx, we'd get together and it was easier as a group, especially Mm -hmm. when we got to know each other, we'd come in and we'd pray together. And like one would start crying out, the other one start crying out. And I'd start like my voice started getting louder and louder, like over time until it was just like echoing in the, in the gymnasium. So it was a while for me to get comfortable to pray out loud and still have those moments where, you know, like in your mind, you're, you're thinking like people are judging you and Mm -hmm. people are looking at you. But I, I had to just get over that because I'm like, I really wanted the Holy Ghost. Mm. Like I really, and it was it was like about a almost a year um after getting baptized that I received it. Wow. And the way it happened was it was when Pastor went to the Bronx. He went to the Bronx one weekend and he went to Brooklyn one weekend. I don't know which one was first. I think it was I think it was Brooklyn first and then Bronx. Um, and I remember a brother that lived in the city. He asked me, he's like, he's like, you, you come in Saturday and Sunday. He's like, you can stay with me. And I quickly answered. I quickly answered. Normally Saturdays was like my day to run errands and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but I just quickly answered. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. And it ended up being like a sacrifice for me. Cause usually I I only go one day a week, Mm -hmm. but I ended up going two days a week and I don't regret it. And it happened the second week too. went Saturday and Sunday. And it was the second week. I remember I was at the brother's apartment. There's there three of us. We were just talking about like, kind of like conversation we're having, how we used to be in falsehood and stuff. And, and we, it was like late. It was like around midnight. Um, and then one of the brothers was like, you know, we should pray. It's getting late. And in my mind, I was like, I was actually like, I wanted to pray. So when he said, let's pray, I was like, actually excited to pray. And I remember like in his living room, there was a couch, there was a sofa and there was a chair. We kind of like was all in our own little areas in the living room. Um, 
I was on the, the sofa praying. One brother was on the, or on the couch. One brother was on the sofa. One brother was on the chair praying. And I remember I started, I started talking to God and, um, I just started getting real emotional and, and part of me was like, uh, you know, you don't want to cry in front of the brothers. And then another part was like, just, you know, just let go, like, don't mm. pull nothing back. And I just started, I remember, and, and then I just started getting quickened, mm. like quick one after the other. Normally it was like, I'd get quickened once in a while, but this was just nonstop quickening. And in my mind, as I'm, I'm praying, crying, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, God, I'm like, whatever is happening. I'm like, please don't let it stop. Cause I'm like, something's happening. I'm like, this is, this hasn't happened before. And then I'm, I just keep like hearing in my mind, like, it's like, I'm getting instructed what to do as I'm praying, I'm getting quickened. I hear, and this is a lot from like the teaching from pastor. I hear like, you know, get on your face, lay flat on your face. And I, there was like a hardwood floor and normally like if i'm praying on my face i pray like this like not fully like mm. my face to the floor yeah. but this time it was like my face was flat on the yeah. floor like it was humbling and i started kept getting quick and kept getting quick and kept getting quick and and then at one point i just started bawling my eyes out bro like i started crying so hard i was not even just crying i was like moaning and groaning like i ended up like on the other side of the living room and i just non-stop couldn't stop crying and I, I, it happened for a while and then just suddenly just lost control of my mouth and i just started like it was i started stammering and i was like i still remember i was like one of the sounds i was making i was like bah, 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 bah. and and the, like at first the brothers were still praying and then it was so much going on with me. They stopped and they was like looking at each other, looking at me. And they're like, what's going on, bro? And I'm like, I was pointing at my mouth. I couldn't talk. And I had to write down. They gave me like a, a piece of paper to write on. I'm like, I think I'm getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was just, my mouth started going in like different directions, different sounds started coming out. And I remember I was, I sat on the couch and my tongue like came out. It like it seemed like it got like pulled out, got pulled out, it, and it, it it felt like a hand was on it, and it got pushed back into my mouth, pulled out again, and I couldn't do nothing with it. Got pulled out again, put back in my mouth, and then it just started. My my mouth just went like just speaking in tongues, and the brothers started recording it, and then while I was speaking in tongues, this was like this was very late. This was like two or three in the morning. And I got a call from my mother and I didn't want her to worry. So I had them pick up. I was like, I motioned to them to pick up. They picked up and they, and she heard me mm. over the phone. She freaked out. She started like yelling. She's like, they're killing him. <laughs> <laughs> she started yelling on the phone and like brother was like calming her down. He's like, ma'am, He's like, your son's receiving the Holy Ghost. She's like, ah, oh, they're killing him. She started yelling. And then my my one of my brothers was there and he's very like just chill. Mm -hmm. Like she like gave him the phone and he heard it and he just hung up, like calmed her down. Yeah. But like I remember that that lasted for hours, like just oh. 
speaking in tongues, just flowing out of me, flowing out of me. And I remember it was like four or five in the morning where I just kept pacing back. Just, I was sweating. I even, um, I even texted my boss cause I didn't know how long it would be going on, mm. but I heard, I remember a pastor teaching how God can deal with you for a while. And so I, I texted my boss, told him I can't come into work the next day. Cause I didn't know how long it would mm-hmm. last, but I was like sweating. I was, I was winded. And then at one point, like, as I was speaking in tongues and my mind, I remember I sat down on like a uh, chair and I was like, started saying Lord Jesus in my mind. And then I was able to finally speak again. Mm-hmm. And since I was filled, instead of like just my arm, like getting jerked like this, getting quickened, it started being my whole body. My whole body would like move down to the ground. And it was just, I was so overjoyed because I remember the next day um, or the next time I started going to work, um, like I'll be getting quickened. I'll be smiling so hard. But one thing that was like a test for me was after I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I didn't speak in tongues for like another eight months. Wow. So for me, it was like, a test of patience mm. and a test to see what I would do. And, and like, there was even like in my mind, like after a while, cause I was expecting it. Cause a lot, you know, a lot of um, saints, they speak in tongues mm-hmm. like quite often. So I thought that's how it would be with me, but I got like more and more teaching, just kind of wait, wait, wait. And I didn't do it myself. I'm like, I'm just going to wait. And I think even during that time of me waiting, to speak in tongues again, that was when the Lord's Supper was being administered. This was back in 2018. Yeah. I wanted to take it. I wanted to take it, but because I knew you're supposed to have the Holy Ghost and I didn't hear myself speak in tongues again, mm. I held off on it. So um, I, I waited, 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 waited. And then I just, it wasn't a lot of speaking in tongues, but when God would deal with me, it would be just a little bit here, a little bit mm-hmm. there, a little bit mm-hmm. here. And then I just realized, I'm like, yeah, I still have it. I just had to be patient, you know, and um, receiving the Holy Ghost. It's just, it was just life changing, just like solidified my relationship with God, um, paid less attention to what like family and friends would say. And just kind of like, it was just, it's like a missing piece of the puzzle. And ever since then, I mean, I had my ups and downs, you know, people in the world trying to, you know, get me back into the lifestyle I used to be living, but it's like, I heard a, a testimony by brother Mark that you interviewed, you know, how he was telling about, Oh, it's a long process, you know, you, of, of change. It takes a while sometimes to, you know, get over certain things. And that's one thing I thank God for allowing me to be able to see is even though in the midst of like failure, still making an effort, you know, just keep one of the main things I can say that God blessed me with is, knowing that I just have to keep going to church, Mm. like just keep going, not, not try to make excuses to go or to not go, but just go. Even Mm. if your whole week was just bad, just go to church. And like that can make the biggest difference in your, your day, your journey and everything like that is one thing is that's one of the greatest encouragements I can give people that is new is just, just go to church and just, just try to hear the message and that's what's going to keep you going. That's that's like your fuel, you know, and that's how it's been for me is just going to church. And I actually was praying for a while for us to get a closer temple 
because I was driving to Philly every single week mm-hmm. after the Bronx. And I realized I can go to Philly and I decided to go to Philly because, you know, going into the city, the, the tunnels, the winding mm-hmm. road potholes, I'm like, um, I want to be able to, you know, kind of keep my vehicle working, you know, so I'm just going to go on the highway. <laughs> Philly, I told y'all, y'all got some terrible roads over there. I've been telling you, y'all got terrible roads. <laughs> well, well, see, the thing is, I go on the highway for so long, then, like, I have, like, a sixth sense for potholes, mm-hmm. especially since I kind of grew up with sport cars mm-hmm. and, like, low-profile tires. So I have to look out for potholes. Mm. So that's one thing um, I was blessed is being able to go to Philly and quickly coming off the highway, going through some red lights, and then I'm there. Um, and that was happening for years until Harrisburg Temple opened up. Mm. And Minister Dan was teaching over there. So I was very blessed. And that was like, I think it was like 30, 40 minutes less of a drive. So that was a blessing. But once COVID hit, that got shut down. So I had to go back to Philly, Mm -hmm. kept praying, kept praying for a closer temple. Then Middletown opened up. Mm. And now it's just just straight highway. And then right there, it's like really easy to get there. And after having um, drove for four hours every Sunday, one way, and then four hours back, and then having your drive to church cut down a whole hour, like shaved off. I can't tell you how much of a blessing it is to be able to do that because like you drive for so long and then you get that blessing of being able to go a little bit closer. Mm. But I look at it as like, it built discipline for me driving so long. It built like discipline in me um, to go to church, which I'm thankful for. And it allowed me to kind of like wake up, you know, you know, see the sun rise and stuff and, a lot of the times when I like, for example, when I was going to Harrisburg, I would re-listen to the messages from the previous week. Mm. That was like one of the things I did because minister Dan over there, he's one of the ministers that he will, he will ask you, he's like, what was preached last week? Mm. And you have to answer quick. So to keep it in memory, I would re-listen to the messages. So I'd have it on my mind wow. going to the temple. And then I'd, I'd utilize that time to like pray because I do security. So while we're on post in church where, you know, we're praying, like we have Mm. to be able to keep an eye on things and still be able to pray, you know? So on the way to church, I'm praying at the temple, I'm praying. And it just kind of allowed, you know, some me and God time, the, the distances. And there's been, there's been times where, um, on the way home, a lot of the times I'd be praying and I'd have really good conversations with God. So if I didn't have that distance, it would, I don't know, I guess it would kind of like maybe spoil me because Mm -hmm. if you, if you have like church just next door, you can just get up, roll out of bed, Mm -hmm. just go to bed, you know, go to church, you'd you'd be tired still, still daydreamer, still dreaming. But this, like the the distance that I have to travel, I have to wake up because I have to drive, pay attention to the road. So that kind of helped me to just kind of get into the church mm. mindset, just driving to church, you know, and in the midst of my journey, um, the five years, I've had two car accidents oh. going, to, one going to church and another coming back oh. from church. Oh. I've had two so far. 
One of the cars was totaled. Nothing happened to me. Um, I, I, I was driving to Harrisburg and it was raining really hard and I hydroplaned mm. and the car hit the guardrail, but it was one of those like cable hard guardrails where it just completely destroyed. It was the passenger side of the car. Um, and what's interesting is that the car that I crashed, I was going to sell it to my sister the next day. It was, it was a, it was a car that I bought, paid it off and I was going to help her out sell it to her for cheaper i was gonna sell it to her for the the next day but i remember after i crashed it i called her and i'm like i'm like yan i crashed your car she's like what she's like which she's like which car did you crash i'm like the toyota i crashed the toyota i was like um because she, she there was a air conditioning problem with it mm-hmm. and she was going to order a little part i'm like i'm like don't order your part mm-hmm. i'm like i crashed your car and i i i, I kind of look at it as because she kind of like drifted from church. Mm-hmm. So it, it could have been a blessing for her if she continued, but it was kind of like a blessing, like taken away mm-hmm. because I was, I was going to sell it to her for like less than half the price of what I bought it for just to mm-hmm. help her out. Cause she was having like car issues. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, you know, I lost the car. I didn't, I wasn't really too upset with it. And one thing I thank God for is if it wasn't for the teaching, I think the situations that I've been in would have been way worse on me mentally and emotionally. Cause like once the car accident happened, it was like instant spiritual mindset, Mm. like looking at how God can allow situations in your life to happen, to allow you to see his mercy in your life. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what that was for me. Cause I remember once the car accident happened, I had to uh, get towed to like, uh, this impound and i remember i called my brother to come get me and i was there by myself i remember it was raining car was impounded i was just standing there looking and just just thinking about life how i could have died Mm. and i was looking on the on the pavement i saw a little worm a little wet little worm just inching along and i was looking at i'm like that's me i'm like that's me i'm that little worm i'm Mm. like i could easily have lost my life And one thing I look at a lot too is when certain things happen in life, um, I kind of look at it as like, if you know you're doing some things wrong, the the inconveniences in your life can be like God, like warning you, you know, like whatever you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, cut it out because things can end up worse or God can inconvenience your life. Yeah. So that kind of was like, uh, it scared me into doing better. It wasn't like I freaked out. Oh, I lost my car, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It was just, it scared me into like, I got to be more serious, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that happened. And then the second accident that I happened, I remember I, I stayed late at headquarters and I remember I gave, uh, a brother a ride. He needed a ride somewhere. And on the way home, I hit a boulder. There's this huge boulder on the road, just, just sitting there. And I'm going like highway speed limit, like 65, 75 miles an hour. And I see it, but it was, everything happened so quick because of the speed I was going. And like, I see the boulder and I also see like a car pulled over on the side. Mm -hmm. And because I have an SUV, I'm thinking I can just go drive right over it. Mm. I thought I was 
enough distance, or I was hoping I wasn't enough yeah. distance. And as I, you know, get my car lined up to go over it, boom, my car jumps. Wow. I hit it so hard, it jumps. It jumps over, and I, I end up pulling over. I'm like, man, I'm like, that was a hard hit. Mm-hmm. And I, I get out from the car, pull over to the side, get out from the car, look underneath, make sure like nothing's leaking. And I'm seeing nothing's leaking. And then I see just cars just hitting the same boulder, Whoa. parts flying everywhere. Right. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I get in the car. I start driving. My wheel's like this. I'm driving straight, Whoa. but my wheel's like this. Yeah. I'm like, I know some damage had to get done. And then I realized my, my gas gauge, the miles totally changed on it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I know I must have hit my gas tank. So I go keep driving. And it's like, it's like stress, stress. But then again, there's that spiritual mindset kicks in knowing that you're going to go through stuff, you know, to kind of build you up. So it's like stress on top of spiritual mindset. That's kind of kept me calm going home, pull over at a gas station, you know, pull out the metal, the plastic pieces, the coverings under the car. So they're not scraping. And then I get home and I'm like, I can't be telling nobody about this because the way my family is so against it, if something bad was to happen to me, they would they would be like, oh, you know, bad things are happening to you because you're going to that church and you shouldn't mm-hmm. be going to that church. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I keep that away from them. And then I also um, I never told my parents. I still to, don't know to this day that I crashed the car the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got home that next day on top of that car crash. um my mom almost died. She ended up like fainting. She had like a spinal infection and ended up having to go to the hospital and stuff like that. And so it was like one thing after another. And this, this is all like things start happening. Once I started being in holiness, it was like one thing after another. Mm. And so I ended up, thank God I had, you know, full coverage on the car. I ended up getting a rental. And my, my family was like wondering what happened? What happened? I, I, I told, I believe my sister and my brother what happened. And because I had my sister come pick me up when I had to leave the car at the dealership to get it fixed, I had to get a rental. And um, what I told my parents, I told, I didn't tell them everything, mm. but I told my car is getting assessed because it needs a new gas tank. Cause mm. the car that I got specifically, um, I guess a lot of people was complaining that there was a smaller gas tank installed versus the one that's advertised. Mm. So I didn't need gas. Tank. It was, if you end up getting it as a, is a, the new RAV fours, mm. I think it was the 2020 <clears throat> version. Um, so I told them, I'm like, I got to get a new gas tank. I, but I didn't tell them that I, everything else, because I knew what their re- reaction would be. Mm. And I didn't want to stress out, like get yeah. the attention off my mom mm-hmm. and on my car especially with my dad because he loves cars so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened and that was also like, it was kind of a headache for me, but I just, everything just seemed to work out. Got the car fixed, got back on track. Mom got better. Like one thing with, the, with my mom I can share and she probably don't remember this because she was in so much pain. She was crying every night, every single night, like, to the point of like literally saying like she wants to die because she had an infection in her spine. It was really, really bad. And 
it was because she fell, but she never told anyone. So people, we was all wondering, like, where's this infection coming? She didn't, she didn't um, fess up till way later. I guess she was embarrassed about it, but she had an infection every night crying. And I would, I would come to her room and I would pray for her constantly. And she'd be crying, pray for her. She'd fall asleep every night, crying, pray for her, fall asleep. And then I remember I went to um, a minister in first church. And I said, could you speak to Pastor Jennings to see if I can get a piece of his garment? And because I'm sure you've read. Yes, the Bible, yes, yes, yes. Was... And so I'm like, I want to get a piece of his garment. So um, I remember the, I, it was like a couple of weeks and the minister was like, I was, he wasn't able to, you know, get a hold of the pastor because he's so busy. And I remember I was doing security. I was on the stairs. The pastor was coming up. And I was like, I stopped pastor. I'm like, pastor, can I get a piece of your garment? And he was, he was, he seemed like he was just so tired. He's like, um, he like told me to like speak to his wife or something like that. And I was like, he went to his office. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to bother him. I'm like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, I'm not going to bother his wife. She's probably like stressed out too. And then I think it was like maybe a week or two after I get a call on security, like pastor wants to see you in his office. I'm like, okay. So I go to his office and he personally gives me like in a little baggie, a couple pieces of his garment. So I take the garment home. I was so happy. Like, I'm like, this is so awesome. Cause knowing how busy of a man mm-hmm. pastor, and he's got a family, this, 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 that, and still, you know, keeping you in mind, like you come to him with an issue, you know, and I didn't have to explain nothing to him. I just, you know, asked him for a piece of his garment. He already knew he's a man of God. So he personally gave me a piece of his garment. I remember I, I took it home. My mom, it was, my mom was in her bed crying, crying. And I was, I took her hand. I put it in the baggie and had her hold on to the garment. She was, she didn't realize what was going on because she was in so much pain, but like literally she just started getting better, getting better. Like had a piece of the apostles garment you know, prayer was made and just progressively started getting better. And now she's like recovered. She's walking, she's doing her thing. And even if I would have brought it up to her, she probably wouldn't think nothing of it because her understanding is not there, but just like the experiences that I've had in holiness, like it's, it's like so many, you know, I, the, in the podcast, I can only share so much. Mm -hmm with what's coming to my mind, but I'm like, is, it's just such a journey, yeah. such an incredible journey of like just self-discovery, learning yourself, seeing yourself and learning the people around you. Cause the more that I learned about holiness, the more I got to see my family and they're like mm-hmm. true colors. Yeah. The people around me, the more I got to like see about myself, the more I got to see like the potential that you can have, you know, if you just stick with God and I, I, I've experienced like blessing after another. And it's, it, it's, it's mind blowing sometimes where you, you wonder like, how is this possible? And then it happens. And then it's just like, you just got to go, you know, give God thanks for it. You know, even like with the, with like the interviews that you've been doing, like mm-hmm. I stumbled upon it on YouTube and I just started watching them. I'm like, it's so awesome that you're doing this because you meet so many saints, some, you don't, you know, 
especially with me as I'm traveling so much, I can't always, you know, stick around and talk with people so much because I got to drive back home, you know, and I got to consider that I got work and all that stuff. But like with you doing the podcast, I'm like, it's so awesome because you can have spoke to somebody and then you see on your list of videos, that individual that you spoke to and you can get to know your brother or sister through the podcast, you know, like just some experiences, you know, like I noticed you had Mark Moreni on a a couple of times. And I think that's awesome because he's a very smart brother. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of information that he can share and you might not have an opportunity to sit with him Mm one-on-one, but through these podcasts, you can, you can be driving to work or this, or or you could be at work and you could be listening and learning your family, learning, what they went through, getting encouragement, you know, and because they're longer, it's like together some stories in their life. And that can just give you such great encouragement. Like I've been very encouraged from hearing the podcast of the saints. And that's why, like, once I heard from you, I'm like, I just got, I just got to find some time to actually like sit down and do it Mm -hmm. because I'm like, it's definitely helpful, bro. I'm telling you, it's such a blessing to hear. And I really like look forward to like you interviewing so many other saints because yeah. they have some awesome stories, man. You know, and I, I would even love, you know, for someone to interview you. Yeah. I want to hear <laughs> your full story, how everything, you know, came well, for to sure. <laughs> no, for sure. So, soon enough, soon enough, God willing, you know, it's, uh, as I say, there's just so much more going on for it. And, uh, you know, God willing, but it's just, I'll definitely, you know, uh, share mine soon and, and so forth. But no, I'm, I'm glad it's been encouraging. Um, as I say, that's my goal. You know, my goal is just for people, as you said it, you know, people to, you know, learn about their extended family because I could interview, you know, someone that could be in a whole, on an island, right? And you've yeah. never been there. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. and, and the apostle, he's never been to all these places, but they keep, they just, they hear it. You know what I mean? They they keep hearing the word and it's it's no. I, I just as I say, I do my due diligence to be a big help, you know, to to, to God's church. Um there's a lot of sacrifices that of course you have to make to do so, and there's things you're gonna lose, there's things you're gonna have to give up, but those things that you yeah. have to it's not easy, you know, like maybe. Uh, you have to give up, uh, I don't know, uh, an iPhone or a Samsung. Whatever. I'm just giving an example. Maybe that'd be hard for mm-hmm. someone. Okay, I, I have to give up iPhone. I'll just go to Samsung. I have to give up Samsung. Mm-hmm. I go to iPhone. You know, it's like some real hard stuff. You have to, you know, yeah. give up and so forth. But, you know, question I wanted to ask before we close is um, when you were like, you know, in your drinking phase and stuff, did your family, like, did they did they know? And if they did, did they like, kind of go as crazy to call your grandpa and cousins or was it just like honestly bro it's so interesting that i feel like i get more attention from the family being in holiness than my drinking because it was something that like the family a lot of the family struggle with and um you know like there's there's certain like stereotypes like you mentioned Russian people and they automatically think vodka. Yeah, yeah. You know, I drank everything. Like I I drank everything and it wasn't just me, it was it was my family members. 
my brothers and sisters too. And what kind of happened was, you know how I was telling you certain things was strict yeah, yeah. back when we was younger is my dad and my mother had a certain level of strictness, but unless you're getting like certain good teaching, like we're getting mm -hmm. that keeps you in line, the strictness kind of will fade away. Mm -hmm. Like I can even attest to myself. If I just left holiness and just didn't like listen to no messages, I would get laid back. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, have boundaries in my life and holiness gives you boundaries, you know, keeps you safe. So because my parents was not getting the strictness, um, they kind of got lax and they knew what was going on because as kids, we was very rebellious. Mm. Even way back in school, we would like drink. We would, you know, sneak friends over to the house because it was a big house. Um, we would hang out like in the basement and stuff. And parents would catch us a lot of the times and just kind of give us warnings. Like my dad, a lot of the times would be like, if you don't stop drinking, you know, you're, you're going to get kicked out of the house. He would do that. But because he was so merciful and didn't actually kick anyone out, mm. we just kind of like took advantage of that and would just kind of try to keep sneaking, keep sneaking. And he just kind of just, you know, gave up like, because just so many kids and it's just, if, if he's not allowing us to do it in the house, we'd sneak out and go do it. And if we're sneaking out, we come home, like he, I, I guess it was just for him. It was just like so much stress. Mm -hmm. And because he cared about the kids, he like, when we'd sober up, he'd have conversations with us. And he, he'd tell a lot of the times, like, you know, you, you get drunk, you know, something going to happen. Cause he would, he would share his, ex his experiences when he was younger. So he was kind of seeing himself through us because he was a wild child as well. And he shared some experiences with me back in Russia that he had that could have ended really badly. So it, it was parents didn't approve of it, but it was kind of like out of their control because even if they didn't allow it, we'd still end up like going out. And one of our, I guess, outlets was my brother-in-law had his own place, like maybe like 30 minutes away. And we would, we would use that outlet to go hang out with him and drink. And then we'd have friends houses that we would go to. And so that was just something that was just very consistent. And even now certain of my siblings still drink. And when they like come over, like say, for example, family event, like Thanksgiving, um, someone will bring wine or something like that. And it was supposed to supposed to be casual, but someone will always get out, out of control and have a little too much. And then also, I think what kind of made my dad laid back about it more is because my uncle, I have an uncle that likes to drink heavily. I don't know if he does now because I haven't heard from him in a while, but he would come over he would drink, he would smoke. And my dad would kind of like, because the strictness left him, mm -hmm. he would just kind of allow it, not allow my uncle to smoke in the house. He would have to go outside, but he would just allow drinking. And nowadays, because they have so many new alcoholic beverages, like I've seen beverages that look like the cans look like seltzers, yeah. you know, so you can be drinking. And if you have an older person in the house that don't know what new, alcohols they have or that doesn't drink mm -hmm. um they can be drinking a, a beer and it looks like a like a little seltzer 
carbonated water, like the can of it. Yeah. Like I think they have the the um, white claws. White. There's this drink called White Claw, and it looks like a seltzer can. And so that also kind of allows some of my siblings to get away go get away with it because they'll just be having a drink and my parents because they they don't go out much they don't know what kind of beer cans are out there and they'll be just sneaking booze in the house so once holiness once i started being in holiness and that strictness like started coming back in my life i couldn't really tell my dad what kind of rules to make because whenever i would share with him and stuff like that he would just be like my house my rules he does whatever he wants and, yeah. and so one thing i thank god for is just being by myself i can implement the rules that my dad once upheld because he used to be strict in the house no makeup no pants no no alcohol even though uh we would still be bringing it in but he held a standard but once the standard left and now that I'm on my own, like I can, you know, uphold and like for like, for example, my one of my sisters was like, you know, she wants to come over and I'm like not allowing no booze, not even because I can tell if you're if you're drunk, mm. no booze, no hangover, like you can't do none of that here. Mm. And then even certain rules, because my family member grew up with no mm. pants no makeup, none of that. It just kind of started sneaking its way in. So they know better because of the strictness back then. And I mentioned, I'm like, I got strict rules here mm -hmm. that dad doesn't no longer enforce. Mm. And my prayer and my desire is that um, if family wants to, you know, you know, hang out and stuff like that, they're going to abide by the strict rules and that can hopefully rekindle some of the, the salt from their past. You know what I mean? The, the the clean um whatever holy living they had in them um hopefully that can come back but as far as the drinking my parents they did try to enforce it but because there were so many of us there were seven of us two older brothers four sisters two of which are older two younger and we was just we just kind of did our own thing you know when parents get older it's harder for them to control especially if the kids start moving out and they still come over <clears throat> parents want to see the kids but kids are so wild mm -hmm. you know they have like their own lifestyle and my parents would still you know talk to my siblings talk to me i mean the drinking part that kind of just left my life way back in 2014 so they didn't have to worry about me in that aspect mm -hmm. but i still had kind of like like wild behavior where I'd go out and just, you know, do your own thing and do my own thing. And, wow. um, but yeah, like the parents did is the best they could. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like pastor taught, they, they taught us what they knew, what strictness mm -hmm. they knew. But if you're not, you know, staying in it and really getting like strict teaching, you're just gonna, you're going to be playing, you're going to be playing mm -hmm. around. And mm -hmm. that's one thing like that's keeping me is, that strict, that strict teaching really like the consistent of hearing it, it keeps you in line because no matter what bad thing you think about doing or bad thing you do, you, if you heard that teaching enough, it's so embedded in your brain that it's mm -hmm. like, you can't be comfortable doing, you know, bad things. You can't. Mm -hmm. 
So um, that's that's pretty much the just with my parents. And they stopped actually going to their church mm. ever since my mom had that like medical issue. Mm. And I don't know if it's a conversation that I had with my father one time where he's like, well, he's like, let me hear everything that you're like, everything that you think is wrong in our church. Mm. I'm like, dad, are you sure about that? I'm like, cause it's a list. I'm like, you're not going to get angry at me. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm not going to get angry. I'm like, all right, here we go. And I gave him like a rundown. Wow. I told them like the makeup, the, the head, the, the, the head coverings, the, the earrings, the, everything the 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 lord's supper because even mm. that changed they used to mm. do one cup they changed to cups mm. um the feet wash they used to do that they stopped doing that mm. the no holy ghost i was like you you even admitted to me you had a pastor that that he was their pastor he admitted he didn't have no holy ghost i'm like mm. how can you lead without the holy ghost mm. so so many things i brought up like and i don't know if that stuck with my dad and that's why he just chose not to go back. Or if it was due to the fact that my mom needed a lot of help in her recovery, mm-hmm. but they haven't been to church in a while. And I'm not upset at all because mm-hmm. every time I would talk to them, like, did y'all, cause I, I used to call them and be like, what'd you learn? What'd you guys mm-hmm. learn today? Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, God is love. And I'm <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, I get that. I'm like, mm-hmm. what else? And it'd be the same stuff. And, when I asked my mom to like give the phone to my dad, I'm like, I want to hear it. What did dad learn? And she, she tried to get him. He's like, Oh, I'm busy. He's like, I got to go fix the cars. Yeah. Cause he wouldn't even remember what was taught. He wouldn't <laughs> even remember. So, <laughs> so like they never learned nothing. It was just like, for them, it was just like a, a habit. They just mm-hmm. go to church, you know, dress up for church, go sing, eat, you know, feel good, come home. And I don't know. I'm hoping that, some things my dad sees that's why he's staying home and eventually he humbles himself and you know comes over to the truth but um like i think that just by them staying away from their church because they even have like youtube videos that that they post of every service but but my dad doesn't even watch that like if you're not in church at least watch you know the message message on youtube at least yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh Well, like, at least so he doesn't even do that well no, no i was gonna just say you know uh, yeah whoop, that's whoop. that's pretty much parents thing. i think there's a slight slight lag you hear me good yeah i can hear okay you. perfect perfect it's, it's done now no i was saying you know i mean look that's 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 a start you know um, i can tell you right now you know it's just the fact that your dad asked you those things could tell you right yeah. now it's it's it could be a beginning of something because you have some fathers like I'll, I'll take in my dad for example there's just no mm-hmm. no no humility in him no humbleness mm-hmm. like when i when I, i remember i asked him uh i remember a question i asked my dad i said why like why do you go to church what's the what's the goal of going to church for himself mm-hmm. you know, I, i just go for refreshment because for himself <laughs> you know he's saved you know he knows it all and it, and it just trying to have those conversations with him yeah. and stuff it's like there's just no humility like you know explaining mm-hmm. and I, i i'm talking about explanations you know like in terms of mm-hmm. not going so uh, aggressive and so forth just like you know 
it's like I have questions now, you know. I, I you know, <laughs> I have I have questions here and so forth. But I can say with your dad just asking that, it's it's you know, God knows if there's something that they really see him because a lot of times that just goes to show you that this thing is real, that holiness. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's the real deal. It's not a okay, let me just jump in and no, it's like whoa, 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 what is that? I gotta stop. Yeah, <laughs> I can't listen yeah. to this, I can no longer watch that. I can't hang out with them. I, well, I can't, yeah. you know, so it's like a, it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's in your face, you know? So, mm -hmm. but it's no, thank God brother for, you know, your, your testimony and your, and, and that's how I say, cause you know, just always seeing you, I'm sure other people can testify. It's just, all right, you know, this better, this better security and so <laughs> forth, you know, all right, you know, okay. And here it is, you know, you had so much to say, you had, you know, a, a heavy testimony to put out. And here it is, just, yeah. you know, a brother that's, you know, hey, greetings, how's it going? Greetings, you know what I mean? Like, let's say if you were that outgoing, talkative brother and left and right, people would have seen this. Uh -huh. You know, oh, okay, I, I expected this testimony. But just, and this just goes to show, you know, the goodness of God and mm -hmm. some of the most quietest people. Because I say, brothers and sisters, for me, for me, you know, you're, you're quiet and stuff. I, I've seen you just, in your corner, I've always just seen you, you know, I'm like, oh, who is this brother security? Who, who is he? You know? <laughs> and, uh, I believe it's when, um, I believe I was on uh Jamaica zoom. And I'm like, yo, this, this mm -hmm. is him. This is him. You know, cause you have, cause you know, Jamaica, their patois are different and stuff. Oh it's yeah. Like the word is the word. And it's like, mm -hmm. it, it just, it caught my attention more. So it's to the point where, uh, you know, just you constantly trying to get that word inside you, but being so shy, at the same time, mm -hmm. but now it's like you had so much to, to say and so forth, you know, but no, I truly, truly thank God for you, bro. But before we close, um, you know, it's a question I always ask how knowing from all that you've been through, like, let's, let's look back, you know, grew up in, you know, Pentecostal church, uh, heavy drinking arrested and, uh, God delivered you from alcohol with in an instant, um, you know, you, you claim that you had the Holy Ghost, but it was uh, the, the, the Vorobiev ghost. And, and, uh, <laughs> and then you had to humble yourself. And then, you know, and like I say, God will be able to break anybody down. You know, oh, mm -hmm. somebody's watching you pray. So, Lord, you know, it's just, oh, God, and then all of a sudden it's just, you know, you have to call. Because listen, God, you're going you're gonna to call on him. You know, it doesn't matter oh, yeah. who you are, how quiet you are, how shy Amen. you are. Hallelujah. When, when you really want something, when you really need something, you're going to call. And oh, yeah. here it is. And like I say, quiet. Here is this brother just going off. And then here we are in prayer and prayer. God bless you with the gift of the Holy Ghost running off, running, running. I bless you with it. And now Hallelujah. You know, you're able to really just, you get into two accidents, going and coming back. And here it is untouched, unfazed, all, all well all fine and now it's you know you you, you make it hallelujah to be able to come and share your testimony on the i thrive podcast brother how grateful are you to god for sending apostle pastor Gino Jennings? how when you look back when you think about it and how big is your like how many siblings do you have there's six uh i have six siblings i'm the seventh there's seven of us total um we would have had more but at a very, very young age, my, I had a deceased, a brother that died. 
he would have been the oldest. His name was Raphael. And then I think my mom had like two or three miscarriages. So we would have had a really big family. But as far as how thankful I am, bro, I still, for me, it's hard to process Mm -hmm. that I'm in holiness. It's just, it's so great in my life that like many a times I find myself like just saying to myself, I can't believe I'm in this. I cannot believe I'm in this because as far as like kids, you know, rebellious kids go, I look at myself as like the most rebellious one in the family. I look at myself as like the worst one as far as like going out there in the world and doing my thing and very undeserving, very humble. And even, even now, like, because I'm not fully like changed, I'm still going through the conversion process. I just look at like, just being so thankful that even, even though it's like, um, I'm the only one in my family besides my sister that got baptized. I just look at it as such a, such a humbling experience and just being around, being around real men's of God. Like there's people that are across the world and for them to be like, Oh, you live four hours away. Like you're so blessed. We, we can take it for granted being far, like four hours away, but considering how valuable or how priceless the truth is. Mm. And just the fact that I'm able to go to the headquarters temple within four hours and I'm able to go consistently. And now I'm blessed to go to a closer temple. And then I'm blessed to be able to go to the convention. I've literally been blessed every single convention to go to since I've been in holiness. And I, my my honest answer bro is i i don't have words to express how life-changing holiness was for me and how thankful i am for the man of god it's it's hard to put into words to be honest because i'm i still find myself the more i listen more i hear i still find myself like in my mind i'm like i can't believe i'm really in this this is the real deal and now it's like you have a, I have a real purpose in life, like everything else in this life, goals, aspirations, everything else is just secondary. This is just like came into what the meaning of life is all about. And the goal is to just stay on the path and try to make it to the end. So for me, I don't have words, bro. I don't have words to express, to be honest. Well, it's, it's, it's just a blessing, you know, hallelujah seven siblings and you're the one picked out you know and and to be in this way and as i say moreover brothers and sisters this this way of holiness it is the way and if you haven't been able to be convinced to see the souls i'm talking about people running to this thing not not even taking their time you have people running like desperate people who went through some hard times People oh, yeah. flying across the world just to be baptized, just to come to convocation. Convocation is not where people live five, 10 minutes away, 10, 15. People are coming from all over, all over, just constantly coming. And it's and the crazy part is, and I hope to God, you know, one, one day we'll be able to have a convocation where every single saint, I'm talking about 
all the temples in Jamaica, all the temples in India, all the temples from Europe, all the temples from America. Everybody? I, I, I don't, I, listen, that thing may have to be done outside. I don't think there could be a, somewhere that will be able to hold all, uh, everybody. Hallelujah. Just Thank think you. about Jamaica alone and just India, just those two countries. Oh, Can you imagine man. everybody? I, I, me, I truly believe I, I, I can't see something being able big enough to hold that many saints inside. And it just goes to show, as I say moreover, brothers and sisters, something I want y'all to, to, to get, something I learned. I, I learned so much from Brother Arthur's testimony, but something you can learn is as he says, you know, okay, I was shy with the praying. I was this, I was that. Something I kept on hearing, but I kept getting teaching. Something mm -hmm. the ministers and elders, they keep telling us to do. Get the teaching in you. Get the teaching in you. Because we're going we're gonna to come across times like that where, okay, you mm -hmm. want this and that. If we're not getting teaching in us, we're going to stay like that. Can you imagine? He's not trying to get teaching. And, okay, that's just how he's been praying for years. Then get yeah. praying like this. No Holy Ghost filled, no nothing like this. Mm -hmm. He kept getting teaching. So my encouragement to y'all, something you can really take from this testimony, get the... And when I say get the teaching, don't just go on Zoom or, or go to church just to, oh, I went today. Oh, you know what? Let me put my name on Zoom because I want people to know to make sure that I'm on Zoom. Let me put my picture so people know I'm there. That's not what mm -hmm. I'm telling you to do. When you're there, it's like, for example, when you go to McDonald's or, or you go to a healthy food spot, you go there with a purpose. You go there for a reason. Look, I want my Big Mac. I want my, my large fries. I want such and such. And that's what I'm going to get. And that's what I'm going to go with. When you go into these Zooms, when you're going to get the word, my word of encouragement to you is go and, and get something out of it. I'm glad Brother Dan asked those questions. What did y'all learn? You see? Because people could be, yep. oh, go ahead, go, go, go ahead, <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. What did you learn last week? Mm -hmm. uh, huh? <laughs> what, what happened to the go ahead? What happened? You understand? So it's, it, it's it, it, not that it's wrong to say go ahead, but while you're saying it, get it inside of you. Get it yes, in. That's something amen. I want you all to take. And those of you watching from outside, like I said, okay, man, okay, uh, uh, why am I doing this? How am I doing that? Get the teaching, get the teaching, and get the teaching in you, brother Artur. Thank you very much for taking the time. <laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. I know Arthur. you have a busy schedule. Uh, you know your work. Yes, hey, hey, holiness brothers. You know most of them. Holiness brothers are working men. You know they're working men. I say, and Got so it's to work. It's, you know, for for brothers, you know, to take the time. Sisters too. Sisters put the work in too. If you are to take the time, because I know it's you know it's not easy. You know, sacrifices needs to be done. But I am truly grateful and thankful that you're able to take the time and come on and share your testimony on the I Thrive podcast. As I say, moreover, brothers and sisters, it's it's these 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 podcasts. I hope you're able to learn. I hope you're able to be encouraged. I hope you're able to really get an understanding. Of, and those of you from outside, you know, I hope you're really able to get an understanding that this is real life. This is many testimonies. Same God. Many things people go through, but it's the same God that they end up with. And it's the same mm -hmm. church that they end up in. So as I say moreover, if you've been looking left, I, I believe uh, there's a, there was a song back, back, you know, with some falsehood I was in, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking for this, you know, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find, you don't have to sing that no more. You found it right here. You, mm -hmm. found, you, you found the first church. As I said, listen, did you know 
I, I, I have knowledge enough to know what blaspheme is. So if I were to say a church is God's church and I'm lying on God right then and there, it's I'm done. I'm doomed. I can go to hell. Here's what I can tell you truthfully. First church of our Lord Jesus Christ, the truth of God is God's church. And I say that with the sure confidence. Man. You really think I would waste my time? Oh, hallelujah. Testimonies of brothers and sisters from some fraud church and nonsense like that. I'm telling you right now. Hallelujah. The truth of Man. God is God's church and his hand is in it. And as I say, Amen. moreover, listen, the apostle, he's always and always pointing us to the, to, to the master, to the, to, the, to the ruler of all. So if Amen. those of you who have not seen it yet, you know, listen, some of you, if you need glasses, if you need to go get some prescription, whatever you need to go, if you need to really <laughs> scrub those eyes, black soap, whatever it is, you need to see that this is it. Take your time. You're going through some hard stuff and stuff like that. Oh, well, I'm not ready to jump into everything yet. That's fine. Just as brother said, man, I, I, I kept getting teaching. You know, I, I, was, I was doing like this, but you know, as I kept getting teaching, I got an understanding. I, I, it's not like that. It doesn't work like that. Keep getting the teaching in you, brothers and sisters. Don't, listen, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep fighting. You know, prayers out to all of you that are out there struggling uh, with, uh, you know, anxious, depressed, suicidal. Those of you that are on the edge feel like backsliding. You don't feel like going to church no more. You said this not doing nothing for me. I don't feel like I'm changing. I'm praying for you all because I'm telling you right now, this thing is hard. It's difficult. But if you hold on to God, I'm telling you right now, he will hold on to you just the same. So my, my prayer is to all of you out there. And let's not forget, keep the apostle and his family in prayer, as well as the faithful ministering brethren and their families as well. And of course, let's not forget to keep one another. Let's keep brother Artur and his family that, you know, it'd be the Lord's will to get his parents. You know, I mean, the sister, she came in, but, you know, took a slip up. But we, you know, let's mm -hmm. continue just to keep them in prayer. Let's keep you, we'll keep you in prayer, brother. Keep me, my family in prayer as our yep. goal is to hold on to God. I'm talking about hold on. Even if it's right on the edge, you know, you feel like you're going to fall. I'm, I'm just trying to hold on to God. Yes, sir. God, brothers and sisters. But I told once again, thank you very much. This is the, your boy, brother, brother Sonny Nespeance from the Athrite Podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. Y'all enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your week. Don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, all this wonderful, good stuff. And I'll see y'all and talk to y'all soon. God bless and peace be. It's your boy, Brother Sunday Nespeance. Take care.